0: Well, good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Don't you love the creativity in this crowd? <laughs> really do. That, uh, that was a hoot. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And thank you, Adam. And uh, thank you for Katie reading to us. I understand that it got very noisy where she was. Well, it was rain, I think. Yes, a, a big storm. And that was the quietest place she could find to read for us. But she still did. And thank you. Well done, you. We're starting a a four-week series here which will do some challenging things. Uh, And rather than trying to set it all up, let's just get started. Can you remember being 16 or 20? Can you remember? And remember how intense that was. How difficult. Well, there's a reason for that. As we see all these graduates Hit their their marks this these last few weeks, and it continues through this weekend. We were excited for them, and we're a little afraid for them as well, because our bodies are still developing at that stage, but so are our brains, and our brains tend to lag behind our bodies in development, and then they take a bit longer to actually develop different sections of the brain. For example. Don't try to explain to a two-year-old what the word share means. Because it just means give it away. It's gone. It'll be lost to you forever. A three- and a four-year-old will be obsessed with the concept of death. And will worry their parents by talking about it. Because they cannot wrap their mind around that at that stage. That part of their brain literally has not yet come online yet. And there are reasons why we don't let 12-year-olds... Enter into, contact, into contracts. It's not because we don't respect and love 12 year olds. It's that, that part of their brain that understands what they are doing is not there yet. There's a reason we don't let 12 year olds drive. Their, um, their reflexes are much sharper than mine, but the part of their brain that understands the responsibility and all that entails has not yet come online that's the reason why we are appalled when we see child labor in some countries or when we see children used as soldiers and we know this was not their choice this was something imposed upon them they could not consent to this and yes when it comes to sexuality every state in the union and almost every nation i would like to say every nation but i haven't checked almost every nation has an age of consent for sexual contact or for marriage. And there are reasons for that. There was a man in the last century named Eric Erickson, and he developed a roadmap so that we could understand, those of us that work with young people, where they are developmentally and what their task is. For you see, every stage of life has a job. And if you don't complete your job, if you do not resolve it, you are stuck there. I have watched developmental therapists, and I'm not a developmental therapist. I'm I went, I went a different route. But I've watched them, and I, my jaw has dropped sometimes when they're talking to somebody, and I'm thinking of things which might be said or done or worked with, but then they will lean in, and with all the greatest compassion in the world say, what happened when you were about eight years old? And the person look at them, And the blood leave their and and their face, and they're just, how did you know? Well, in their language, their posture, and in their life, they are stuck. They did not finish a job, and I'm going to do these very, very rapidly. Anybody out there with a degree in education or a degree in psychology or sociology, you already know these because these have become useful tools now for many decades, and they don't seem to be going away. Zero to eighteen months trust versus mistrust will i be fed will i be warm will i be picked up will when there's um, you know is there someone to hold me is is the world safe and then 18 months to 3 years autonomy versus self doubt and that's when they began or shame and doubt some will say um, that's you begin to gain control over your environment. You can pick up things, you can you can become mobile. Always love it when parents say, Oh look, they're walking. And I'm thinking, yay and horror at the same time, correct? It is. Every whenever grandkids come over, you look at your house and realize this is a death trap. Everything in here is sharp, poisonous, and, and, and designed to kill. And you so you go around and wrap everything. But this is where they begin to understand how they are separate from you. And that's why some people call them terrible twos or terrible threes. Because they are learning where you end and where they begin. And that's a, that's a big lesson and it's a hard one. Then three through five, initiative versus guilt. Am I an acceptable person? Am I okay? This is where they learn direct play with others. Social interaction. Uh, I can remember we had just come back to America, and I didn't know the rules, when I was in a grocery store, and this lady was dragging this kid, that was about four years old, just around, and just constantly berating the child, and I was thinking, one of those arms is going to be longer than the other, the way you almost get an error, she's going around the corners there, and just, you know, you're stupid, you're this, that, it was really not good, and for those of you that are thinking, why didn't people jump in? People don't jump in, for one. And two, this was the 80s. So there were a lot of things that we tolerated then we don't hear. I didn't know the rules. So I just waited till she had paused somewhere. And I got down on my knees in front of the kid and gave them my card. And I, 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 <clears throat> And I did this knowing that she was going to hear what I was about to say. I said, you're going to need to hold on to this. Because in about 10 or 20 years, you need to call this number. And I'll help you. And she looked at me. She actually had a can of beans in her hand. And I I could see it working. I could see it working. Cost, benefit, you know, penalties. And she moved on. But that kid is going to be stuck. Initiative versus guilt. How about uh, between 5 and 13? And by the way, why does it get so much bigger? Because your brain slowly develops these parts. And that is industry versus inferiority. Am I competent at anything? Am I good at sports? Can I solve math problems? Can I solve word problems? Can I read? Can I write? Can I function in a group? And then 13 through 21 is really where I want to talk about today. Because if you're going to get stuck anywhere in this and not move on for a lot of people and for our culture, I don't think we've done the job. That's identity versus diffusion, sometimes called identity versus ego diffusion. Growth toward independence, the discovery of your role, and identity. Young people that are graduating, young people of any age, frankly, I'd like to apologize to you for something that we do and assure you that we will continue to do it. We look at you and we say, what are you going to study what do you want to be when you grow up? It is because we're interested. It is because we really are. It's not just because we're old people. We're interested in where you are in this process. And we're aware that could change. My, all my degrees are in science, so look what I'm doing this morning. We're aware that can change. But it's exciting. I am learning to do this. I watch my my grands play, and, and you know, my grandson last night was, was trying to guess how, when he'd be taller than me, and we all guessed, and I, but I said, you absolutely will be taller than me, and I said, you already are better at me, and I started naming some things. That's part of the way of helping them move, but in all of this, there's something which Eric Erickson did not address, because at his time, there didn't seem to be a need to do that. And that is the bedrock assumption of all of this. The assumptions of civilized people. That there was a standard. What is the foundation? What is the reason we do all of this? You have to have a place to stand. You have to have a marker. How far have we gone? You can't answer that question if you don't have a starting place. When will we get there? You don't have that answer Unless you know a destination. And if you remove the foundation and bedrock of civilization. How do you gain an identity? And right now our culture. I'm not speaking just America here. I'm not talking about just the West or English speaking. It is a worldwide phenomena. There is a crash that's occurring in every aspect of life. Because we removed the foundation, which is Christ. And so for the last few weeks, I've been talking about, and grindingly so, and i may even been boring you, here are the facts. We know he existed. Here are the facts. We know that he, he fulfilled these prophecies. We know his impact upon society. So now what do we do? If that's taken away, who are we? As I said last week, using a line from the Frank Peretti story, that the story for most people is from goo to you by way of the zoo you're just an explosion that lucked out you lucked out you you don't have to be a sloth you you get to be a person you know your atoms did not arrange in such a way that you'd be a tree you're this now are we mere accidents are we mere detritus of a big explosion I've been around explosions, <clears throat> too close to a few explosions. And if ever you were around Northern Ireland in the 60s and 70s and early 80s, you know there are a lot of explosions there too. And those soldiers that served in battle know about explosions, IEDs, artillery, bombs. When did that ever make something? When did a post office ever blow up and you go, oh look, pandas. Pandas. It doesn't do that. Are you merely stardust? Or are you the creation of a great and holy God made in the image of that God and brought into his world as a child of that God? Do you see how these two would lead you different directions according to which story you choose? In March 26th, uh, 1791, the Académie des Sciences defined for the first time what a meter was. The original meter, by the way, is still on display at 36 rue Varigard across from the Palais de Luxembourg. It is what a meter is. All other meters have to meet that size, or they're not meters. I don't know if you know that, but countries do this, and... and Moving from this one, America in its Bureau of Weight and Standards, uh, which sounds like a, an exciting job, they have a meter, and guess where it was measured from millimetrically? That one, number 36, Rue de Varigal, La Palais de Luxembourg. Because before then, we didn't have a standard. People used a wide variety of measurements, and since they weren't standard, chaos often ensued, such as a cubit. A cubit, as if you may know if you've been hanging around Bible people a lot, and they talk about the ark, the cubit was measured from your elbow to the tip of your middle finger. Now, you might think that's very interesting, but I, w- I want to wait to let that settle in on you, because there, there is a fact that these are not standard Therefore, you better make sure Bob, the guy you're measuring from, shows up that day. Or you're in trouble. You're measuring standards gone. We all agree we need a standard way to measure height, weight, length, capacity, all of that. And while our systems may vary, and they do. For example, we have standard, we love to call it standard when only the United States and I think two other countries, both of them very, very tiny, use our measure. The foot and yards and miles and such. You might think, no, no, the British do as well. Although the, the kids mainly use metric. Yes, they also use miles and gallons and such. But an imperial gallon is not the same amount as a standard gallon. So, no, you'd better know what they're measuring from. I can remember being asked how many stones I wore. Uh, I weighed, and I knew the answer to that because I was in Scotland, and a stone is 14 pounds. It didn't used to be a stone in Scotland used to be 16 pounds. There's a reason I'm doing all this. And then the English, their stone was 14 pounds, and they won the war. So a stone is 14 pounds. It's the way that works, right? You don't use stones here. You you should. Because when you get on the the weigh scale, being weighed in stones, you weigh a lot less than you weigh in pounds, (laughs) or kilograms. Well, in fact, I have a dear friend, Daniel, if you're watching today, up in the west of Canada, who whenever I was talking to some people, and one of them was American, and one had lived in America, and they were asking, how many miles was this? And after a while, he said, "Um, I'm too Canadian to know those, can you translate those to kilometers or kilometers and I'd never thought of that but I said you're know, you absolutely right there's no reason why you would know that so we had to translate and when I lived and worked just north of Detroit we had a lot of Canadian members and there were times that in a sermon I would have to switch from one to the other when talking about how much Solomon had and how many pounds of this that he had but what happens when we don't agree on the existence of a standard. Now I want you to uh, hear that word. Not when we just don't use the same standard. You use imperial, you use metric, you use standard. No, no. When we deny that there is a standard at all, what happens? Jude, verses 5 through 10. Though you already know this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he's kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion, and they serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. In the very same way, on the strength of their dreams... There's something you want to underline. On the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and heap abuse on celestial beings. But even Archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to condemn him or slander, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Yet these people, and he's not just talking about Sodom and Gomorrah people, don't get hung up on that. He's talking about everybody that denies a standard. These people slander whatever they do not understand. And the very things they do understand by instinct, as irrational animals do, will destroy them. Before you are free to do what you wish, you have to first of all deny that there is a standard. And that's really the motivation here. Whether I want to divorce my wife and marry four others, or whether I want to steal from you and loot your store, or whether I want to shoot you down because you made me angry as I drove by. I cannot do those things if there are standards we all agree upon. Therefore, we must deny there are standards. Do you see how this works? And this is the way civilizations spire into chaos. This is how we get a holocaust. Because they moved the standard. The standard was no longer this is a human being. The standard became they are not Aryan. They are not Germanic. They changed the standard. But they claimed they still had one. But it kept floating and changing so they could do what they wanted to do. This is why Satanists, since there have been Satanists, and by the way, it is really hard to find a Satanist that believes there's a Satan. They believe that that's a Christian and a Jewish invention. And by the way, the Jewish and Satan is very different than the Christian one. But they say, no, we just use that name because he's the real hero of the story because instead of putting rules on us, he lets us do what we want to do. And every Satanist society or the church of Satan, all of those that I've ever done any checking on, Their motto was the same. It's a variation of. Sometimes they make it with these and thous. Quote, do whatever you will is the whole sum of the law. End of quote. Do what you want. That's why they choose that. Isaiah warned about this in a very powerful chapter. You might want to read that later. Isaiah 59 and verse 14, just in the middle of it. He says, justice is turned back and righteousness stands at a distance for truth stumbles in the public square and uprightness cannot enter. Or as some versions put it more dramatically, truth has fallen in the streets and no one's there to lift it. I get chills every time I read Isaiah 59 or the wee book of Jude for it seems that they're looking over my shoulder at the world we have right now. Other ages have faced the same challenge and what we do and how we respond will make all the difference when it comes to what kind of world we leave behind for our children and our grandchildren and their children. Next week, we're going to go into great, great detail about our identity in Christ and that identity Changes everything because it changed everything. Please pay attention to the tenses of the verb. Our identity in Christ changes everything because it already has changed everything. We accept reality when we accept Christ and his view of us. But if we dismantle our foundation, if we deny it exists, and I don't think anybody listening to me believes I'm overplaying my hand, but just in case. I remember once speaking to a college group and saying, you know, 10, we all know 10 times 10 equals 100. And one young man said, no, we don't. And I looked at him and I said, explain. He says, it only works that way if you're in a base 10. And I said, but we do live in a base 10. He goes, what if you do a base 12? And I'm going, okay, once again, maybe we should agree with our foundation. All right, and a base 10, you you see, you had a point. But in recent weeks, in our major papers here in the United States, several of them ran an article by a professor arguing that saying 2 plus 2 equals 5 is perfectly acceptable. And to deny that it is acceptable, is racist. We've been told that how you feel is truth. In fact, as one lady on TikTok has said many times, don't, don't tell me your facts, my feelings trump your facts. And millions of followers. Follow, have you heard, follow your truth, speak your truth? That's fascinating. What is your base for this? By the way, the professor that says 2 plus 2 equals 5 is acceptable is not an engineer, and I thank God for that. Because I might want to get in an airplane or drive on a bridge. In other words, it doesn't work in the real world, so why are we teaching it for people's inner thought? Live out your truth. Really? I've heard silly things before that are mind-numbingly useless. I can remember the first Star Wars movie. Don't hate me. Looking at it, our giving segment today was better CGI than the first Star Wars movie. We had not progressed as far as we have now. Our Legos were still in a primitive state. But the man's drive Luke is flying a Starfighter. Everything is riding on this, and it's a very complicated flight to have to get into that that depression, that ditch, and have to hit the right thing at the right time. These things are math. These things are calculus. These things are logarithmic. These things, and the voice in his head says, don't think, just let go. Oh, because that's really what will win us this war, is stupid flyers. Who don't know math and aren't paying attention to aerodynamics. I can remember sitting there. And that was 1976 I believe. And so I was still relatively young. And I was the only person in the the room going. "I, uh, I have questions. Why would you do this? Why would you call everything hate? Everything phobic. Everything racist. Oh, I don't deny that there's racism in the world. I I know there is. And it's a crime against Almighty God. But let me use a different illustration to show you what I mean by this. If you misuse a word and, and rip it from its foundation, it becomes a nothing word. If I say that this guitar is purple, and my shirt is purple, and the lights are purple, And the day is purple. And our food is purple. After a while, the word purple means nothing. It has lost its power because it has become unmoored from any standard. Working with the police and having to watch interviews, and we we listen to um, a lot of podcasts about true crime. You will hear people say constantly, you have to believe me. No? That statement is unmoored in reality. Uh, Sometimes I swear on my mother. I'm going, I haven't met her. You know, so I'm not sure if you even like her. You know, you swear on my mother's life. I'm going, but I don't know what you how much you value your mother's life. You start using these phrases and they mean nothing. And phobic, 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 it means nothing. Hater, 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 hater. It means nothing after a while. When you lose your standard of measurement, however. You will cast about for another one. And those who deny the existence of any standard will demand that you agree with them as if there were a standard, and thus create a new standard. This is a new. remember in the 1960s, when we were told to be nonconformist? And nonconformity was the thing. And they all nonconformed the same way. <laughs> they went to commune, screw the hair out long. Uh, Wore army jackets with peace symbols on it. Wore Birkenstocks and round linen glasses. Talked about peace, man. And that had little patches. What if they threw a war and nobody came? And they all did it the same way. And if somebody walked in with slick-backed hair and a three-piece suit and said, I'm nonconformist, they would say, no, you're not. Why not? Because you don't look like us. Aha. There's the problem, isn't it? What do your words mean? What do your standards mean? Now let's come back to that age bracket of 13 to 21. Their task is to find their identity, or they will become diffuse. What that means is that they lack a sense of self purpose. They are adrift in the world, and therefore they listen to the last voice they hear. They are reeds driven in the wind or driven by the internet. Or driven by the loudest crowd? What message are they hearing? They're being, uh, we have a suicide crisis right now and worldwide. And I am shocked that it is not much worse. I really am. Because what messages are the 13 to 20 year olds and older? Yes. But remember we're talking about identity right now. Next week identity in Christ. But the crisis of not having an identity right now. What do we have? They are told that their world is in crisis and that it will not survive. When I was a kid in the 70s, they were telling us we were facing a new ice age. But now, it, is, it went from global warming to climate change to climate crisis. And I have no doubts that the climate's changing because climates change. But I also have no doubt that humans might be affecting that somewhat and that we could clean up our act quite a bit. I have no problem with that at all. We recycle. Um, can we make sure we recycle? Um, and if I throw something away, I am entering that can and not coming back without it. We also reduce, we reuse, we recycle. I believe that we're supposed to be stewards of the earth. So yeah, but do I believe that we are in crisis? No. No, I'm not. But they're told that the climate will kill them and that their parents and grandparents are to blame. And so we get angry teenagers screaming at us in the UN, on TikTok, and in schools. We had people this last week throw paint over the protective, thank God, protective shield around Dekas art this week. But they have destroyed other art to bring attention that the world is going to be destroyed. Which seems Self-defeating to me. They block traffic. They block traffic to the point where I've seen people get out of their cars crying, saying, I've got to get to the hospital, or this is my only job. I've got to get to the job. And heartless people standing, no, saving theirs is more important. So they make traffic sit there in idle for two hours. If you remove truth, people become nonsensical. And something else, we got to find another way to do this. Now, not only that, is their world doomed, but their only way to ever have any joy in life is to be famous. I've talked to middle school teachers because I had one tell me this, and I thought, well, that's an aberration in the data. That's not. So I've talked to a few others, not many, a few, and asked them, what do your kids want to grow up to be? Almost all of them say, most of them say they want to grow up to be a social media influencer. In other words, I want to live an ephemeral life where what I say today means nothing tomorrow. And what I produce today is forgotten tomorrow. Now that's not just kids, by the way. That's sports talk radio. That's ESPN talking all day about things which might happen, could happen, should happen, but may not happen. And tomorrow they will act like they just got born today. And they're going to start talking about something else. Why would you put your life into that? By the way, they're not destroying anything. They're not destroying art or the like. I'm not opposed to it. I'm just wondering if our talent is to be knowledgeable, famous, rich, and celebrated. Now, this is not just everybody gets a trophy. This is a, um, an aberration in mental thought that says whatever I do... Others must agree that it is good and actively celebrate my decision. Why? Are you actively celebrating my decision to wear this shirt? To marry Cami? You should. <laughs> that I bought this guitar long ago? Are you active? I've not asked you to. In fact, as you're watching this, you know you have the power. There's a, an X there you can click. You can go off somewhere else. And you know what? I won't celebrate your decision. But I'll understand you have the right to make it. When did we get to where you have to celebrate me? And celebrate even things like my sexuality. No, no, I can celebrate my sexuality. I don't need your help. I don't need a day for it. Am I opposed? People say, but we need a day so we can get past the hate. I don't see the hate that you see, and maybe I'm wrong there, but you can come and talk to me about it, but if you scream at me, I'm not going to hear you, because if you scream at me about hating you, all I can hear is your hate. We need a standard, and if we have a standard of Jesus, guess what? I'm called on the carpet just as much as you are, every day. I'm not trying to say, look at you bad people. What I'm saying is, can we agree on a standard? And once we do that, we can all be judged by that standard. We used to have one. But sadly, our people are set up for failure, depression, isolation, and loss. In other words, ego diffusion. We are stuck. They cast about hunting for identity and meaning, and they look for it in all the wrong places. You will not... Find your meaning in politics, sexuality, feelings, body shape, comfort, lack of pain. Lack of pain. You see, if you have too much plastic surgery, you end up living plastic lives. It's a disposable culture. And when water finds the easiest path, or when trees find the easiest path, we end up with crooked rivers and crooked trees. And when people live their life so that they don't hear a conflicting opinion and they don't ever have to face a real challenge and they don't have to figure out that in our base 10 world that 2 plus 2 does not equal 5, they end up crooked, twisted, desperately unhappy people. And it breaks my heart when I see the anger and the hurt, I don't want you to be angry or hurt. I don't, want to, I don't want to hurt you or make you angry, although I fear that I probably do just by existing and having a separate opinion. I'd love it if you were happy. So suicides are on the increase, and why wouldn't they be? If you're merely a speck in the universe with no meaning, why go through the pain? Our sweet neighbors to the north, and I absolutely adore Canada and Canadians, have passed the MAID law, which is medically medical assistance and death. And it's not just for people who have terminal illness, for depression or anybody who just doesn't want to live. And I listened to interviews this week where the people that engage in this and take the lives of those that come in were even laughing about how wonderful it is and to be a part of this where would the standard go are you aware that the majority of young women in America aged 12 to 20 the majority have considered suicide in the last 2 years what happened i didn't mention young men you know why people say well because our young women are in crisis they absolutely are but when it comes to suicides they're amateurs of suicides are male. You rarely hear about that. There are reasons for it, but it gets us off track today, so I'm not going to go there. It's just, by the way, we're not alone. The figures in Western Europe are very similar, some worse. Japan is facing an epidemic of suicide to the point where they are now having to put gates and guards around some forest because they are known for suicides. Charities are drying up. They're struggling for lack of funding. Why? Because if there is no Jesus, why feed the hungry? Why care for anybody? Why risk yourself for the abused or lift up the fallen? In fact, it is an absolutely a tenet of karma, faith in karma, that you don't help the hurting because they need to work that out. Or they'll have to come back the next life and do it again. Karma is an invention of the devil. We'll talk more about that, especially in a couple of weeks. But our standard is Christ. Therefore, he says this when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he'll sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. With Jesus as a standard, that's why I drive down to Louisiana State Penitentiary. That's why I spend money, because it costs money to email or videogram every week, making sure they can respond and that I'm responding to them. That's what I'm going to be doing a lot tomorrow. I've gotten behind. It's why... This church gives money instead of heaping it up for ourselves. Why we don't invest in brick and mortar. We take this gift that we were given by the grants. And we use it to try to bless as many people around the world as we can. Why do we do that? Why am I here on a Sunday? It's pretty outside. It's perfect golfing weather. Is it not, Doug? It's beautiful. Now our golf isn't perfect or beautiful. My swing like looks like a man trying to put on a shirt while being attacked by bees. But... I still enjoy that I stole that line from David Farity. Thank you, David. We'll come back to this in the weeks ahead, but I want us to step back for just a moment if we could and get our footing for the next week while we wait for that lesson. I want to make sure that we understand who we really are. And there's one thing for certain. You are better Than you have been told you are. You are worth more. Than you think. You are much better. And a much more valuable. And precious person. Than you even imagined. And that's even if you actively do hate me. If you actually do stand. And oppose to me and yelling. I still see a child of God. Made in the image of the eternal father. Dearly loved by him. the reason I see you that way is because we do not live in a world without Jesus. But if those who don't know him live in that world, we need to understand, while we live in a world with Jesus, many of our neighbors do not. So let's get our footing squared. Our foundation secured. So we can go preach at them? No. Yell at them? Never. Violence? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. So what do we do? We love them, because you see, in all of these jobs, there's another name. There's another name for those jobs, and that is, and often interused in psychology, psychotherapy, is that these are the crisis of that moment that must be solved. In a world in crisis, crisis, they're going to need to run sometime they're going to need to turn and run or collapse and be held. Be the people they run to, not the people they run from. Don't preach against them. Don't stand against them. Don't throw Twitter things against them. Instead, say, I live this way because I believe there is a standard. I, I would love to share with you the standard. But even if you can't handle that right now, I love you and I can prove to you that I love you Not by agreeing with you, but by serving you, being kind to you, and being a safe place that you can run to. We have some work to do, don't we? We'll talk more as we progress through this next few weeks.